Hey everyone, this is Jackson Swearer, Entrepreneur Navigator for Startup Hutch and your host for The Hot Seat. This month, I sat down with Darren Thomas. Darren owns HTO Hutchinson alongside his wife Jacqueline and cousin Jake Thomas. Darren and his wife are serial entrepreneurs who've invested quite a lot of their savings in this new venture. Darren shares about their own entrepreneurial journey, including tips for new entrepreneurs just getting started out, and sharing their investment in a new startup with a franchise and how they approached that decision. Darren speaks a lot about the importance of connecting with local resources and also what it means to be a Buffalo. Take a listen. So to get us started, could you uh, tell me your name and the business that you own? Yeah, my name is Darren Thomas, and I own a HTO here in Hutchinson with my wife, Jacqueline Thomas, and my cousin, Jake Thomas. All right. Awesome. So when did you start that business? Well, when did it open, let's say? So the business opened August 11th. The process started a few years before that, but open date was August 11th of this year. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm always excited to talk to the owners of new startups and hear a little bit more about that journey uh, to getting something opened. And it sounds like that was a, a long process. And I know HTO is a kind of a new and emerging franchise that came out of Texas. Um, tell us a little more about HTO as a, as a business. Just tell us what you do. Yeah. So HTO is a specialty um, water, iced tea, and now coffee store. Um, and we serve refreshments to communities, uh, just give them a new place to come and experience um, drinks in a new way. Um, we're a healthier alternative to a lot of your drink options out there. Um, all of our teas are brewed in store daily, and all of our flavors come from natural flavorings and stuff inside of our tea bags. And so we focus on giving high quality products, drink refreshments, um, tea, water, and coffee um, to allow people to just have a an extra pleasure for throughout the day. Awesome. So what made you be attracted to this particular kind of business? Was it something in your background? Had you worked in tea before? You just love tea? Uh, you or your wife, maybe? Uh, tell us a little bit about, about that. Why HTO as a business to get involved with? Yeah, why tea is the bigger question. So growing up, we always had sun tea on the on the counter, no matter what it was, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. My mom always had sun tea for us. And so I grew up just drinking a lot of tea. And so we took a trip to Oklahoma. Well, my wife took a trip to Oklahoma, and she brought me back this watered-down iced tea. It was a sweet almond green from a company called HTO. And, you know, it's about a three-hour travel time from Oklahoma. And I took a drink, and it was really good, even just the way that it was. And I said, where's this from? And, of course, she started telling me about the establishment she went in and just the vibe she got when she went into the store. And it was one of her friends down there, their favorite places to go. And so, of course, I went to Google and Googled HTO and started researching what they did and what they were about and the franchise opportunity that they had. And um, that's when the kind of the journey began, a watered-down cup of sweet almond green tea for me and through the process we ended up applying for the franchise and went down and interviewed with the company and met the owners and um, the, the whole team down there and they were just a solid group of people who had their ducks in a row and had a, a, an amazing concept in my opinion to allow a, a better option for a drink refreshment for 
for the people they serve. So, Well, I'd like to come back to the topic of evaluating the franchise and getting involved with a franchise-type business. But before we go to that, I want to go back a little further and have you tell our listeners about some of you and your wife's experience with entrepreneurship before starting the HTO franchise. I know this is not your first venture. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and kind of what has your entrepreneurial journey been? Yeah, absolutely. So it goes back, back uh, in 2007, I took a job with the fire service. And so back in California, and I was in the fire department for 11 years. Um, during that phase, my wife started up a, a kind of a little side gig a clothing business um, that we still operate today. And that was about eight years ago. And so that was our first venture in entrepreneurship. I was working full time, but I was supporting her in, in a a clothing business. Um, and as that clothing business grew and the opportunity grew to have more time with my kids, as I helped her bring in more income for the family, um, in the fire service, I was gone about 200 days a year and my kids were growing up and I was never home. So we decided to take a chance and go full time in owning our own business and just focus on the clothing business that she was running. Um, and that, was our first business together, which became Addie Rose Clothing, which I said she still operates today. And during that time, we were able to meet a ton of people, make a bunch of relationships, uh, attend a ton of conferences and leadership conferences and go to different speakers. And we began mentoring um, other uh, people throughout the country to own their own business as well. And so we still mentor about 130, 140 uh, different clothing boutiques around the country. And so that was the beginning of entrepreneurship for us. And with entrepreneurship, there's lots of challenges and there's lots of things that get in your way, but you're kind of in control of all of it. And so you get to make the decisions whether or not you're going to get up and work hard the next day. And so once you've tasted that, once you take full control over um, kind of everything that that happens in terms of business or work in your life, um, it's exciting and it's good. And so... Um, I knew working for the fire department 200 days a year, being called back Christmas Eve, Christmas, every holiday, missing my kids' birthdays. That's just not what I wanted to continue to do. Um, love the fire service and love um, what they do. But that point in my life, when you have kids and you just never get to see them, was tough on us. And so we ended up flipping a couple houses, um, move-in flips in California. Um, we purchase them, renovate them. Two years later, we'd sell them. Um, and that was another little venture we did. And when we moved to Kansas a few years ago, we started looking at real estate. And that was our first idea when I moved back here, um, was we were going to look at real estates and rentals and those things. Um, the economy kind of took a turn and construction and costs kind of skyrocketed. And so we started looking at franchise opportunities just across the U.S. We looked at many different franchises um, and fell upon HTO as the one that just seemed like it fit for the community and uh, something we could offer that could really benefit the community in, in a way more so than just flipping rental houses or, uh, or that. And so we became attracted to HTO and the franchise itself and the opportunity to provide jobs for the community. And so that was our beginning. That was our um, kind of the steps that took us to, to HTO. So it sounds like you were in a position where you had built up some capital and you've got a cousin who's an investment partner as well. So that puts you in a fortunate position to be able to choose a little bit to go look around and think carefully about what you would want to start. 
and you had a successful business that you're still operating as well, right? So that's a, that's a good position to be in, one that you worked hard to put yourself in. How did you go about evaluating and choosing a franchise to get involved with in business? What were kind of the steps and what were some of the key things that you were looking for or decisions that you made? Yeah, when it comes to investing in anything or pouring all of yourself into something, you want to make sure it's a fit, okay? It's not always about the numbers. Of course, you want to make a profit to be able to provide for your family, but you've got to have a reason to make a profit. And for us, it's not about how much money we make. It's about how much money we can give back. And so if you're not making any money, you can't give away any money. And so that's something that my wife and I have always focused on. Um, we want to provide for our family. We want to have enough but we also want to be able to give back. And so first thing we looked at was the numbers. Like, is this a profitable business? Let me see some sheets, some open stores. Let's, let's look at if they are, are doing good for not only the communities, but for themselves. And so the numbers lined up, they were, they were good. Um, and so then it comes to the people that you're going to be working with and you're going to be dealing with, because in a franchise, you don't get to make all the rules. You know, there's a great partnership with a franchise, um, where you've got a group of businesses across the U.S. that are all supposed to be doing the same thing. And, and so if those aren't run correctly and everyone's doing their own thing, the franchise falls apart. And so when you look at on a franchise, you want to make sure that every store you go into is operated the same. And so I encourage anyone to travel, go to different stores, go to the look at the brand standards when you go in these stores. Are they being upheld? Like is the, the team that's in charge of making sure these franchises are run how they want them to, are they staying on top of those things? And so we visited a few stores and all of those were consistent and they were being run well. And then your next decision becomes the people, you know, who are you going to be dealing with on a daily basis? Who's going to answer your questions? Are they going to be there for you? Are they going to be able to help you? Are they going to be a support system? And so going and meeting the team that's supposed to be in charge is, is a huge part of making any decision in life, but especially with franchising. And so we traveled and we interviewed with the um, executive team at HTO. They interviewed us. We interviewed them. And my wife was funny. She's like, you're asking them all kinds of questions. Like, I think they're just supposed to be interviewing us. And I said, well, for us, like, we're, if we do this, we're investing everything we've worked towards into this company. So I want to make sure it's the right fit for us. And so, um, that's what we did. And after the people, after we met down there, we left with just a great feeling. Um, it was me and my wife and my cousin all went down and we got back to the hotel room that night. And I said, it's a yes for me. And it was a yes for both of them as well. And then the process started, um, from there. Um, we were able to apply for Hutchinson and go through the, um, kind of just the data about what the community could support and could they support this type of business? So there, is there enough population? There's enough traffic count. Um, what's the greatest location to put a spot like this in order to serve the most of most of the community. And so, um, it starts with the numbers, but really it just, your biggest decision with franchising is the people and who you're going to be working with and, and how they run their organization. So, Let's talk a little more about some of the practicalities of starting something like this. And then um, as a little bit of a teaser, I want to get back to some of the earlier stages of entrepreneurship as well and not lose track of that. But as we continue talking about HTO, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little more about what kinds of resources you had to put together in order to get started. 
I know you came and talked to us at Startup Hutch a little bit, so I'm hoping you'll speak to that a little bit as well. But overall, what were who did you engage? What were some of the resources that you tapped in order to make this successful? Yeah, so anytime, once you make a decision to start any sort of business, there's finances involved. And so um, we had met Michelle and Skip People's Bank and Trust at a Hutch Chamber event, uh, First Friday Coffee. And she was one of the first resources I used when we started looking into some funding. She connected me with you guys, Startup Hutch, and um, do you specifically, Jackson? And we met at um, the coffee shop downtown, Scuttlebutts, and we had a discussion about what what we could do in order to work together to bring HTO to Hutchinson. And without those relationships with the People's Bank and Trust, Michelle, and Startup Hutch, um, I, I don't think it would have been possible. I mean, you guys made it so easy for us. I, you asked for a lot of data and a lot of numbers and a lot of uh, a business plan and things that would be required for any sort of lending. But um, you guys stepped up. You helped me fill out applications for funding from the state, for local resources here in town. You gave me some killer rates in terms based off the economy now. I mean, really, that's, they're, they're really good for what's going on in the economy right now. Um, and those startup costs were necessary in order to get our timeline on our build completed. Because um, once you break ground, those bills start coming in. And so if you don't have funding in place and those resources in place already that are willing um, to lend you money based off of what's coming, what you need to order, the invoices coming in, um, you're going to get slowed down. And so if you have to go back to your lender every time you get an invoice and start over or start a new process, your build time just gets extended greatly. Um, up until this point, we were one of the fastest HTO to ever break ground and open doors. And that was really just the relationship between People's Bank and Trust and Startup Hutch um, and all the resources they provided in order to get the funding to make sure that all of our contractors were paid. And of course, they were all local, so a lot easier to deal with. Um, aside from the few I had to use from corporate that they send their people to brand the store and things. Um, we use Mark Boricke Construction and local contractors for everything. And so you guys also have a relationship with those local teams. And so it makes it a lot easier um, when you choose a franchise to keep everything local. Well, thank you for sharing some of that. And thank you for the small ad for us here at Startup Hutch that's included in that as well. I appreciate it. Um, and I hope that our listeners will take away a number of aspects to that, not only the the need for developing and, and building relationships and how important that is to getting off on the right foot, but also the amount of planning uh, that went into it before you even broke ground and started. I think that that's something that not everybody gets right, that I think that you um, and your wife really did uh, do well, was to get your ducks in a row before you take the leap. There's a little bit of push-pull there in the entrepreneurship space. You know, at some point, you got to jump and go and make it happen. But um, one thing that I see people do that can get you in trouble is if you don't uh, add it all up before you start, then you get to be doing what you were just talking about, where you're going back to the bank hat in hand, trying to make up the difference. And uh, of course, uh, grace to grace to all those who do that. Uh, we're here to help you as well. Um, but part of what we try to do here at Startup Hutch is get people started off on the right foot. So I uh, love, love hearing some of that story. Speaking of starting off on the right foot, though, I'm wondering if we can go back in time a little bit. And if you can talk to us a little bit about some of the 
challenges and barriers that you had to overcome when you were just getting started in business? And if you can reflect some on how you were able to overcome those, whether that was mindset that you had or resources that you tapped, mentors that you had, um, anything that you could share with somebody who's thinking about starting something new about those earliest stages. Yeah. If you, one thing I'd like to share is if you're not reading and if you don't have a mentor, you're missing out. Okay. There's a lot of smart people out there. There's a lot of people that think they're very smart, but there's someone else that can always teach you something. And so I encourage you to get into the books and find people that are going to spend time with you. It doesn't have to be the same business that you want to open, but there's conversations that you can be, that can be had that you can learn from. Um, and I had a couple key mentors up until this point, I still have connections with them, um, that we have conversations not as often as we used to. Um, part of that's just cause I'm not available or haven't been available since the store opened quite a bit. Um, but we would have weekly conversations about life, would read books together and, um, people have gone through it before you. And so you maybe feel like you're on the road by yourself when you, when you step out in entrepreneurship or you're traveling a new venture, but the business concepts and the relationships are the same. People have been through that. You may have a new idea, but don't let that stop you from connecting with other business owners or other people that have been successful entrepreneurs. And you also want to talk to those that have failed because in those failures, it's only failure if you don't learn something. And so not everything you do in life is going to be perfectly right. But if you learn something from it, then you're a better person for it and you can move on to the next adventure. Um, and so those are for us, the challenges would have been finding time to invest in a new business when you're already operating your own. And at what point do you dedicate more time to the new business than what you, in order to keep the, the current business you have going. And so my wife and I, with our clothing business, we were a pretty dynamic team. We both worked full-time jobs in that clothing business. And so as I took the head or the lead in this new venture, this new franchise with HTO, um, I had to start cutting back hours at the other business. So she had to step up. And so again, it comes back to those relationships and those people in your life that can help you not fall behind when you're still continuing to jump out on new roads or new adventures. And so for me, fortunately it was my wife. Um, for you, if you have your own business already, or you're looking to start your own business, you may have to hire someone new to fill your role at that other spot. Um, but in terms of roadblocks, doors will keep open if you keep walking and they'll close when they're supposed to. I mean, I truly believe that. And so, but if you stop walking, you can't make it through any door. And I know I talked the other day um, in an interview about being a Buffalo. Um, and that was kind of our approach for all of this VHTO. Like, we're going to have challenges. And, and, and I'll explain that here. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna have to tell me what you mean by that. Yeah, what you so, mean by uh, be a Buffalo. So there's the difference between a Buffalo and a cow. And so when a storm comes, a Buffalo sees a storm. He sees it come and he runs right into it because he knows that if he gets through it or runs right at it, he'll get through that storm quicker. Where a cow is a little more timid, they're scared, they turn and they run away from that storm. So they run and they ran and then the storm eventually catches them and they're running with the storm. So in the storm a lot longer because they're running with the storm and eventually they get worn out and they quit and the storm passes by or the storm 
continues and finally makes it over them because it's moving a little faster than they, than they can run. But um, the idea behind that is when you have an obstacle, face it, go head on at it, and you'll be through it quicker. Um, don't let obstacles stop you from progress. And so, and don't run in that storm because you'll get worn out. Don't run away from it. Don't run with it. Face it head on and get through that storm so you can move on to the next adventure. I love, I love that advice. I think we would all benefit from being a little more like Buffalo in all aspects of our lives. You mentioned that you have yourself mentored a lot of folks who've come up in relation to your Addy Rose business. What are some of the kind of common themes that you see from folks that you mentor uh, that our other, other startup owners are experiencing? Anything different and beyond what you've shared so far? You know, most people just feel alone and they feel like they're not able to accomplish anything because they don't have anyone to ask questions to. A lot, lot of mentorship is just being there for someone, allowing them to ask questions, um, spending time with them. Um, and when you feel alone, you feel defeated. And when you feel defeated, you don't succeed. And so a lot of businesses fail just because you isolate yourself um, from everybody else because you feel like you're on an island. You're the only one going through it. And so it's super important to stay connected and stay involved and go to community events, tie in with the chamber, tie in with um, local business owners. Um, because once you feel isolated, it's really hard to overcome that. You're going to feel isolated at times, but you've got to have people to fall back on and to call and to say, hey, this is how I'm feeling right now. Have you ever been there? And more often than not, they're going to say, yeah, we've been there. We've gone exactly. We've gone through that as well. And so um, the biggest obstacles people have is just when they get to a challenge, they're not willing to call for help and we all need help. And so don't be afraid to ask for it. I think that's great advice. Um, here at Startup Hutch, we try to be that listening ear for folks. That's part of my role as the navigator. But we also try to provide opportunities for business owners to connect with each other because we know that that's so important. So we, you can do that at our every third Tuesday entrepreneurship connections mingle. Uh, and also I think another great opportunity for that, that you've already plugged here on this podcast was the first Friday coffee that our local chamber of commerce hosts. That's another great opportunity to meet with folks. And it's a good kind of low key environment. It's a, it's a nice one to come to if you don't go to chamber events all the time, let's say. Um, so I would recommend that maybe one final question for us, Darren, what do you love about being an entrepreneur? What's your favorite part? My favorite part is being able to have influence on those around you. Um, the customers you serve, the employees that you're able to provide jobs for, the team that you build, um, other business owners. Um, you're able to add value because you've gone through things that, that have challenged you and shaped you and made you better. And so, um, being able to give back and provide um, just a place where um, people can grow into themselves um, is probably one of my favorite things about entrepreneurship. Um, you're in charge of the vibe you create and the atmosphere that you create um, in the person that you are because you invest in yourself and with that you want to invest in others to be better. And so, um, 
that's what I would say. My favorite thing about entrepreneurship is awesome. Well, I love your mission for community impact um, and the impact that you're having here in Hutchinson and all of the work and effort that you've put into making that possible. Thank you for taking some time to chat with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Startup Hutch is a very integral part of where we're at with HTO Hutchinson. And so I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. And also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I also need to thank Bowercom for the cover art and Christopher Acker and Salt City Sound for help with recording and posting the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Startup Hutch, you can find us on our website, startuphutch.com, or on most social media platforms at Startup Hutch. We hope that if you're a business owner, you'll also consider joining the Startup Hutch Idea Exchange, our private Facebook group where small business owners in Reno County can share ideas about business and ask each other questions. Finally, I hope that you'll do us a favor by sharing the podcast and also by letting us know if there's anybody that you'd like to have on the podcast in the future. You can reach us either in the comment section on Facebook or by using the contact page on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time. Oh, 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 o